You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. For those of you who don't know me, uh, uh, my wife Amanda, who was the really pretty one, worship leading here, just so you get it right, this one was Amanda, my wife. And uh, we have three kids. We have an 18-year-old, we have a 16-year-old, and then we have a 9-year-old. And I, I love this season of life. I our 18-year-old is in university. She's doing a double major. She's doing creative writing and psychology. Um, she gets her brains from her mother. And uh, my 15-year-old, she's awesome. She is just a, a ball of energy and lights up a room wherever she goes into. And then my son, it, my, my one and only son, of whom I am well pleased, uh, is he's awesome. We, we're having a whole lot of fun with him. And man, and I just uh, celebrated 20 years of being married, I've got to be honest, I, I still, after 20 years, which is not a long time compared to some in here, and it's an eternity compared to others. Kurt, just keep going, man, you'll get there. <laughs> you'll get there, man, just keep doing year after year. You've got 19 more to go, and you too can do 20 years. Uh, but I, 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 20 years, I still pinch myself. I think, man, God, you gave me the greatest blessing in the world in, in Amanda. And today, I want to talk about gratitude. I want to take a moment and talk about gratitude. We we, every Monday night in our home is family night, and for, to the best of our ability, I would say probably 85% of the time, we, we, Monday night we carve out, and it's family, unless there's a conference or something, then we do family night, and we do games, and we do movies, and we go and play bowling, or we do fish and chips on the beach, or we just do something where we get to hang out together, and the, uh, I, I have spent 20 years going into other environments and seeing how other people do family and straight stealing ideas, because... I'm, again, I'm not that smart, so I've got to steal from other people. And I've, I've been in a bunch of environments where I've seen them make family night once a week at high priority. So we stole that and we, we make family night. One of the things that we love to do at family night is uh, before we have dinner, if it's one of the ones where we're sitting around the table, we'll, we'll say grace or we'll hold hands to say grace. And oftentimes, not every time, but oftentimes I'll go, hey, before we say grace, why don't we just whip around the table real quick and just say one thing we're grateful for. It sounds really Amish when you talk about it and you're not, it's not Amish. Like we sit there with the lights off and we churn our own butter. Like it's a real cool moment. Like we, we sit there and we're like, hey, so what, what are we grateful for? So a few weeks ago we did that. We started with Judah. Now Judah's eight years old. So it's always a roll of a dice as to what you're going to get. With like we've had, I'm grateful that I did the biggest burp in class today. Like, me too, bud. Like, Amanda's like, don't do it. I'm like, go. Anyway, uh, we've had, I'm grateful for the air. I'm grateful for the carrots. I'm grateful. I don't know what we got this time. Grateful for water or something. It was awesome. Uh, then we went to uh, daughter number two, and she said, oh, I'm grateful for great friends. I'm like, that's, that's real cool. And then we got to daughter number three, and we're sitting there holding hands, and she goes, I'm, I'm grateful for this. I thought, thank God I didn't kill her when I was frustrated with her at two years old, because if you wait long enough, you get, like, you come out the other side. It, it get, they, they do say thank you eventually. And, and what she was saying is, I'm grateful for the family that I'm sitting here. I'm grateful for the people who are in my world who, who have, have created. And she said, I'm grateful for not just the people who are here, but for church family and for others who have made me who I am today. And I thought, man, when was the last time we stopped and thought about what we're grateful for? When was the last time we actually took a moment and thought, what, what in my life 
am I grateful for? Because we live in a time where we're so committed to moving and growing and, and, and going forward. And that's not a bad thing because God's got a great future for you. But when was the last time we stopped and we actually had a gratitude assessment? And I, I, that week I happened to be reading in, in Luke chapter 17, the story of 10 lepers. And we're going to break into the story, but let me give you some of the backstory. In Jesus' day, if you were diagnosed with leprosy, which was a, a flesh disease, if you, if you were diagnosed with that, then you were sent out of your community to live in what was known as a leper's camp. Literally, in the leper's camp, it was just people who had leprosy. And you might think, well, that's a bit rough. But in those days, they didn't have penicillin. They didn't have any. Like literally to keep everyone else safe, they would put all the infected out. And if by chance you had to go into town for some reason, you literally would have to ring a bell as you were going into town and yell, unclean, unclean, unclean. And it would be like the parting of the sea as everyone would walk away and you would walk through. Well, we're going to pick up a story of 10 lepers who for some reason they had to go into town. They find themselves in town and they hear that Jesus is in the town that they're in. Isn't it amazing that just coincidentally uh, we end up in the same place that Jesus is with our brokenness so that we, they, those two can collide. I think it's more than a coincidence just by the way. So they end up in the same town as Jesus and Jesus at this stage had been gaining himself a reputation because of the messages and the miracles that would come out of him. So they think, well, what have we got to lose? They stand on the side of the road and they yell, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus said to him, go show yourselves to the priest. Sounds like a really strange response, right? Would you heal me? Go show yourself to the priest. Like, ah, did you hear what I said? Back in those days, the priest was not only the religious authority, he was the medical authority. So if you had leprosy and somehow you got healed or you got over the disease, the only person that could give you a clean bill of health to re-enter your life, your family, your job, your community was the priest. He was the one that could do that. And the Bible says this, as they went, they were healed. As they walked in the direction of the thing they were believing God for, their healing came. Church, I want to tell you, there is power in walking in the direction of what you're believing God for before you see your miracle. Come on, if you want a better marriage, why don't you walk in that direction and speak nicely and buy her flowers? If you want your kids to, to, to turn into great People who are loving God, but they're far from that at the moment. Why don't you walk in that direction and keep praying over them and believing for them? If you want great friendships, why don't you walk in that direction and be a great friend to someone? There is power in walking in the direction of what you are believing God for. We're going to break into the story at Luke chapter 17. It says this, Then one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, we're not all 10 cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except this Samaritan, this foreigner, this one who's not a Jew? And he said to him, rise, go your way, your faith, 
has made you well. You know, there's a big difference between being healed physically and being made well internally. And Jesus, here was Jesus here saying that the other nine weren't thankful? I don't think he was saying that. I mean, you're talking about nine people who were sent out from their family, sent out from their jobs, and all of a sudden now they can go back. I'm sure they were thankful. But what Jesus was saying, not one of them stepped back and came back to express that thankfulness and turn thankfulness into gratitude. And Jesus here is obviously saying that there is a big difference between I think thankful and I express gratitude. And I don't want to be one who is guilty of not expressing gratitude. I've called this message, Step Back to Gratitude. How many times have we looked backwards and been and, and cognitively and intentionally thought through, what am I grateful for, for what has happened and where I have been? Because gratitude is like faith. The book of Hebrews describes faith as this, faith without works is dead. Can I suggest that gratitude without expression is meaningless? That, that thankfulness without giving it some sort of expression, it loses its power. Gratitude is more than a thought. It's more than a meditation. It's more than a, a contemplation. Gratitude is an action. See, these, these lepers, when Jesus, said, when Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest, they didn't have like a little millennial discussion where they talked, well, what do we feel about this? What did he really mean when he said, go back? He meant, go back. And they turned their intention into action. And I wonder how many of us need to turn our thankful thoughts into an expression of gratitude. Here's my message in one sentence today. If you don't take notes, then write this down. Here's my message in one sentence today. Gratitude is not known until it's shown. And it's not complete until it's expressed. Gratitude is not known until it's shown. And it's not complete until it's expressed. I wonder how many of us are walking around with incomplete gratitude. We're just waiting for an expression. Now, we lived in America for eight years, as some of you may know, some of you may not. And one of my favorite times in America was Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving happens the third Thursday of every November each year. And it is the most traveled day of the year in America. One time I was traveling on Thanksgiving Day and in the international airport, you could hear a pin drop. And in the domestic airport, you couldn't move because people were trying to get back home. And we, we had this family that adopted us as their own and we would have Thanksgiving with them regularly. And one day we sat down at the table and Grandma Gay had cooked the Thanksgiving meal. If you have never seen a Thanksgiving meal... It is a sight for to behold. Like there is enough food on that table to feed a small army. It is ridiculous how much food is on a Thanksgiving table. It's bigger than Christmas, bigger than any other time of year. So we sit down and we're about to say grace. And one of Grandpa Bill's grandchildren, not one of my children, one of Grandpa Bill's grandchildren yells out, hey, uh, uh, let, let's dig in. And Grandpa Bill goes, hey, before we, before we eat, why don't we go around and talk about what we're grateful for? This kid goes, nah, let's just eat. I'm like, I'm with him. And then Grandpa Bill says this, Thanksgiving is not Thanksgiving until someone has given thanks. And I wonder how many people in our environment 
we need to give thanks to. Not just to be grateful for, but to give thanks to. Psalm 107 verse 1 says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His steadfast love endures to forever. I've got a question for us this morning. When was the last time we did a gratitude assessment? Like when was the last time we looked at our lives and thought, am I expressing gratitude enough? Because I had a guess. I don't think any of us would be guilty of being too grateful. Like I've never heard a parent say to a kid, look, whoa, whoa, whoa. Settle down with the gratitude. Would you just stop with the gratitude already? I wonder whether God, our Father, would come into this room and have to say to anyone, oh, well, just settle down with the gratitude already. Or I wonder whether we could increase our gratitude and it have a tangible difference in our family, in our workplace, and all around us. Because being grateful is an attitude towards God, people, and life but it carries with it expressions. The walk back to Jesus is what qualified the leper as being grateful. And I wonder today what step backs we need to take to be qualified as grateful. Does that mean I need to be thankful for everything? No, no, no. I'm not saying be thankful for everything. I pastor here at Life, I'm part of the team. You know what I'm not thankful for? Is that the All Blacks play sometimes at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Because half you people don't show up. Funny, awkward laughs. No, you don't show up. What else I'm not grateful for is when it rains on a Sunday morning. Because apparently half of us melt between the parking lot and here when it rains on a Sunday morning. No, I'm not grateful for that. You know what else I'm not grateful for? Heartbreak, injustice, deception, poverty. I'm not saying we need to be grateful for everything, but 1 Thessalonians says this, give thanks in all circumstances. There is a big difference between being grateful for something and being grateful in something. Because when I'm grateful in something, I know people in our church right now who are facing some of life's toughest circumstances. But it amazes me when someone in the middle of tough circumstances finds it within themselves the ability to say, I'm not thankful for this circumstance, but I am thankful for a God who walks with me, for a God who presents with me, for a God who will journey with me. And we find reasons to be thankful in it, then we have the upper hand in it circumstance can't beat you when you are grateful in it not for it but here's what I've learned in 23 years of pastoring people here's what I've learned those that are grateful in the circumstance on the other side more often than not find something to be grateful for the circumstance when I was 18 years old I almost married a lady not that one. Uh, before you're like, poor Amanda, she knows all about it. The lady by the name of Tracy. Do you have an E? T-R-A-C-E-Y? Yeah, this one didn't. So different Tracy. Okay, we're all good. T-R-A-C-Y was this, this girl. So her name was Tracy. 
and uh, we almost got married. Like, we dated for seven months. She came into church. She got saved, and uh, we started dating, and we started talking about marriage. And I think I'd either, I can't remember the detail. I'd either purchased the ring or had it on lay-by, and we go out on a date one night, and at the end of the date, she dumped me. How do you dump all this? Like, really? She, she dumped me. And I was heartbroken. Like, I, I was, honestly, I'm crying, I'm depressed. Like, I'm, I won't say it. I'm crying, I'm depressed. Like, for two weeks, I was like, man, my life is over. God, how are you ever going to use me? She was the one. Through that whole time I was in church, I was worshiping God. God, you, you, you're good. God, you. 20 years later, I thank Jesus that Tracy dumped me because I got the massive upgrade and I ended up with a man. Like, thank God. Listen, it's not thankful for all circumstances. It's thankful in all circumstances. And I reckon the turning point for some of us today is to decide to be thankful in the circumstance, which gives you the fuel to go through the circumstance. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do two things. I'm going to give you some observations of gratitude, and then I'm going to give you some expressions of gratitude. Because I would like for us to walk out of here with a commitment that this week I'm going to be more grateful. This week, I'm going to express my gratitude more. So let me give you some observations of gratitude. Number one, gratitude is never invisible and it's never silent. Yeah, but I was grateful in my heart. I'm not a freaking cardiologist. I can't read your heart. (laughs) Gratitude is never invisible and it's never silent. Luke 6.45 says this, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. When you're grateful, you'll say it and you'll show it. When I'm grateful to God, I'll say it and I'll show it. When I'm grateful to others, I'll say it and I'll show it. When I'm really grateful, gratitude will show up in tangible ways because gratitude is never silent and it's never invisible. If you wind the clock back a few years, I grew up on a daytime church service that would happen Monday through Friday uh, in the afternoons. It's a church service called Oprah. Uh, don't hate on Oprah. And uh, Oprah, so one of, the, one of the shows that Oprah had was Oprah's favorite things show. Now, here's the catch. You would buy tickets to be on the show of Oprah, but you would never know what the topic was of that day. But everyone wanted to be on Oprah's favorite things show. Here's why. Oprah would take everything she'd bought over the last 12 months. How many know Oprah would buy some stuff? Right? Like, there would be stuff. She would take her 10 favorite things, tell everyone why they were her favorite things, And then everyone in the audience would go home with one of everything of her favorite things. I'm talking like a new kitchen, a car, a microwave, an iPad, a TV. Like you would go home with one of everything. So if you're a Christian, you would buy tickets and then pray over them. Oh, Jesus, let this be the favorite things show. And then when you turned up to the audience, then she would announce and surprise some people of that they were on the favorite thing show. And the reaction was priceless. Check this out. 
Actually, it's beginning to look a lot like favorite If grown people can get that excited over an iPad and a blender, surely the Church of Jesus Christ can show a little bit of gratitude for God's grace, for God's mercy, for His love, for His forgiveness. For... Come on, church, let's give some gratitude because it's never invisible. It's never silent. It has expression to it. Come on, stop assuming that your family knows you're grateful and say it and show it. Let's stop assuming that our kids know we're grateful and say it and show it. Let's stop assuming that our friends and our co-workers and the neighbours know we're grateful and say it and show it. Let's be a church that walks into our world with gratitude and expressed gratitude. Unexpressed gratitude is a lost opportunity to give praise to God. Unexpressed gratitude is a lost opportunity to give praise to God. This week, let's give praise through gratitude. Let's make a decision. God, I'm going to praise you for what you've put in my life by being grateful for it in tangible ways. So number one, gratitude's never invisible, never silent. Number two, gratitude sustains. I reckon a whole lot of people get stuff from God and then don't keep it because they don't know how to be grateful. You ever looked at someone who plays a piano and think, man. Come on, if you're comfortable, lift your hands. No, no. That's all I got, team. That's it. That is my whole repertoire. Let's, let's just, for the sake of the point, let's assume that every time I hit a note, it's a good thing that's happened in someone's life. It's an event that, that causes us to be thankful. It's an event that causes us to get some gratitude. Let's pick on someone, Steve Clark. Uh, that, so, so Steve comes out of university and meets Tracy, who is 47 steps above his pay grade. Like married way out of his league, stupidly out of his league, I would say. Uh, it's an event. It's great. He's grateful for it. That's awesome. By some fluke, he asks her to marry her and she says yes. It's an event. Just, just, just kind of happens. A few years on, they get blessed with an amazing child, Jackson, and it's an event. It happens. He, he, he goes for a few job opportunities and gets a job at a great company and it's an event, it happens. He then has a change of career and starts working with some of the coolest people on the, pla on the planet and it, it's an event, it just, just kind of happens. 
You know what gratitude does? Gratitude causes the sound of past events to be sustained for a longer period. Below here, you ever wondered, like, the dude's got heaps of keys up here. What's he need to pedal for? What I mean, Clarence, seriously. You know what this pedal's called? It's called a sustain pedal. If I hit a note without the pedal, it just stops. If I add gratitude, a sustain to it, that sound lives long after the event has happened. I reckon God gives us gratitude so that in our dark days, we can remember back the good things He's done. And it brings the sound of thankfulness, the sound of breakthrough, the sound of God, you can do it, the sound of I'm not alone, the sound of miracles from previous times. And it drags that sound into today. Gratitude sustains the joy of yesterday into my valleys today. Come on, let's activate gratitude because it sustains, sustains sustains number three gratitude begins where my sense of entitlement ends it's uh june it's july tomorrow if you're like me you are still waiting for your tax return if you work in the ird in here please feel all the pressure that this is meant to bestow your way and send it upline would be awesome that's all i'm asking got a question for you when by some miracle and who knows the logic behind it that tax return hits your bank account and you wake up one morning and there is the finances that was promised a long long time ago and it hits your bank who's got the thank you card ready to write dear IRD I want to take a moment to thank you for sending my tax return I'm not, because it's my money. I don't know what you did with it for a year, because you didn't fix the roads. I'm still taking as long to get into Central. I, I don't know what, you, I don't, I'm not thanking someone for something that is already mine. And I reckon that bleeds into our Christian walk. Because in the Old Testament, I reckon they had it a bit easier, because once very frequently they would have to go to the temple and they would have to make a physical sacrifice and be reminded of the fact that God loves them and God is for them and God wants to forgive them. But 2,000 years ago, Jesus came. And I don't need to make a physical sacrifice. He was enough once and for all. And the Bible says that His mercies are like a direct deposit that go into my bank account every single morning. So therefore, it's very easy for it to become not something that I'm grateful for, but it's just part of the package of being a Christian. But listen, we got to flip back. We're not entitled to this. We are grateful to a God who loves and a God who gives and a God who does. Anyone remember going and picking up your paycheck? Come on, give me a wave. You remember picking up your... Look, there's fossils all over the room. I remember. I remember picking up a paycheck. When I first started working in a church, I would go to the business manager's office and he would give me a paycheck. And for a moment, I would, between like the office and the bank, in my hand was the fruit. I would be so grateful that I had a job that would help me pay my rent or my mortgage or feed my kids or... Like I would be reminded every week of, of the gratitude. But now that all happens, like it just happens. 
the money goes in and the money goes out. It goes to mortgage, it goes to kids' school fees, it goes to kids' uniform, it goes to kids' sport fees, it goes to kids' braces, it goes to Amanda's nails, it goes to... And I get a cup of coffee. Welcome to my life, team. But here's the deal, it all happens in the background. And there can be this sense of entitlement. Like, why isn't my money there? But gratitude begins where entitlement ends. When was the last time we looked at our spouse? Said, hey, thank you so much. I don't know who does the housework in your home. Predominantly it's Amanda in, in our home. I've got to remind myself regularly to say, you know what, thank you. On a Thursday, I come home to a clean house. And part of me, honestly, I just expect it to be there. But thank you. Like when was the last time we took it from entitlement to gratitude? If you're like me, I, I was studying this and, man, my, my gratitude meter needs to go up. So I've got four expressions of gratitude, how we can be more grateful this week. Because I don't want to be a feel-better church. I want to be a be-better church. I want to be better tomorrow. Uh, if you're like me, then all four of these are going to hit you and welcome to my pain. Or maybe one of them will speak to you and you can exercise it this week. Let me give you four expressions of gratitude. Number one, we need to speak up. Okay, the gratitude has a vocabulary. And I think in today's culture, we've lost opportunities to express gratitude by limiting its vocabulary. Here's the deal. Think about today. If you're grateful for something, you'll say thanks. Cheer, bro. If you're feeling overly expressive, you might get thanks a lot. That's it. I was at my kids, uh, one of my kids' sports games, and the coach who was coaching them was retiring. And I listened to two mums talk about the effect that this coach has had on their kids over the last eight years. And they were, like, this coach has had a huge effect. They, they, these kids are different because of the sports team they're in, and they were so grateful for it. And at the end of the game, they pulled all the kids together, and then the coach did his thing. And then the mum that was having this conversation gets up and says, hey, coach, we just wanted to give you something uh, because of the years you've put in. Here's a gift voucher to go for dinner. Thanks. That's it. I'm like, why don't you take the discussion that you were having on the sideline and tell the coach why you're grateful because it'll put wind in his sails and he'll know that the hours that he's put in aren't for nothing, but they've made a huge difference. Let's begin to dig a little deeper and give expressions to our thankfulness and get gratitude out of our lips with more than thanks. You know, the Bible does it. I love how the Bible does it. They call them salutations. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. And may the Lord be with you. One guy wrote to his friend and said this, may you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Here's my favorite one. May the Lord increase you a thousand times and bless you as he's promised. Now, not for a moment am I asking you to go to the construction worker boys. May the Lord bless you. Like duck for hammers if that happens. But when was the last time we went to our boss and said, hey, thanks for starting this company five years ago and going through the startup phase and I've got a job today because you went through that. Thanks. When was the last time you looked at a friend and said, hey, you know what? I'm so grateful that God caused our paths to cross and we get to do this journey together. And I reckon some of us could speak up a little bit more and add some language 
to the gratitudes that are around us. We call them compliments, but they're way more than compliments. They send a message to the hearer. So number one, we need to speak up. Number two, we need to show honor. When was the last time we walked up to the kids' workers upstairs who were looking after yours and my blessings up there so that we can be in church? When was the last time we walked up and we said, hey, thank you. Thank you for looking after the kids. When was the last time we walked past one of the sound guys and instead of saying, it's too loud. Hey, if it's too loud for you, stay in the parking lot till 11.20. Come on in here, you'll be good to go. Because when was the last time we walked past one of them and said, thank you. Thank you for giving of your time and your talent so that I can worship God. When was the last time we talked to a teacher who, man, I couldn't handle eight hours a day for five days a week with my own kids, let alone yours. When was the last time we said to a teacher, will they get paid for it? Yeah, not nearly enough. So come on, let's add value by adding honor. So number one, we've got to speak up. Number two, we've got to show on. And number three, we've got to share our blessing. Do you know that gratitude and generosity go hand in hand? Uh, last week, we took up legacy. And this isn't a whole legacy message, but we know that every week where people are away. So we're going to take a moment. If you were away last week and you didn't get this magazine, would you put your hand up? We want to put one of these in your hand all over the auditorium. This isn't awkward. This isn't anything. This is, hey, we'd just love to put one of these in your hand. So just pop your hand up. We will, our hosts will move forward. We'll put one of these in your hand. Because here's what legacy is about. Legacy is about showing gratitude. God, thank you for what you've done in my life, and I want to be a part of what you're doing in other people's lives. God, I want to be a part of the story of 30,000 Christmas boxes. God, I want to be a part of the story of 200 families going debt-free, which represents $5 million worth of debt and changing generations. God, I want to be part of the story that sends teams out onto the streets weekly to minister to homeless and those involved in other lifestyles. God, I want to be part of the story of Red Frogs that this year will help thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of teenagers who find themselves in compromising positions. God, I want to be in that. God, I'm, I'm grateful and I want to be a part of that so it's gratitude is about sharing what I have and there is a legacy envelope in the seat pocket in front of you if you want to be a part of legacy we'd love for you to be part of legacy you can fill that out drop it in the drop boxes on the way out because sharing blessings is a part of showing gratitude why would over 2,000 giving units commit to merely 25 million dollars towards our 45 million dollar goal by the end of 2020 because we're grateful because gratitude and generosity go hand in hand wives you can remind your husbands of that when he's not buying you gifts gratitude and generosity go hand sorry husbands if you've got a complaint johnny.kanoa at lifenz.org <laughs> alternatively carl.lipscomb at lifenz.org Number four, the fourth way we can show gratitude is by singing praises to God. Yeah, but I can't sing. Make your list three or realize singing is more than the tune you sing in. It's expressions of gratitude to God. The psalmist says, I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my lips. I don't know about you, but I 
reckon I can be more grateful? I've got a friend of mine who I work with who in 2012 was diagnosed with cancer. Went through surgery. If you talk to him now, he's got a big scar down his neck. He works on staff. Went through chemo, radiation. It was a horrific time. It was actually the thing that brought him back to Jesus. Fast forward to 2019 and three months ago, he found a lump on the back of his neck. He's now married. His wife is, I don't know, probably 25 or 30 weeks pregnant, maybe somewhere in there. Found a lump on the back of his neck, goes to the doctor and they confirmed just two weeks ago that it's cancerous. He figured out that he has to go through radiation and then heal from that for two weeks and then he gets surgery and then he has to heal with that and right in that time the baby's going to be born and like his life is just complicated at the moment. I go into the office at 6.15 this week because we run a group in there at 6.15 and here's my friend standing at the coffee machine making himself a coffee in the morning singing. I'm like, bro, I've got two problems. Number one, it's 6.15 in the morning. My wife who's a worship leader doesn't sing at 6.15 in the morning. I'm like, hey, how are you, man? He goes, I'm doing great. Not because of what I'm going through, but because of the God that I serve. I've got every reason to sing and I've got every reason to worship and I've got every reason to lift my praises to a God who is for me. And friends, this is more than a pep talk. This is more than a pump up. But if we can learn to live a lifestyle of gratitude, it will fuel us in the dark days and it will remind us in the good days of how good God is and how great He is and that life is not dependent on me. And if we can get a little bit grateful, it will sustain stain a noise of yesterday into the shadow of today and we can stand regardless of circumstance and say God this isn't by might and it's not by power but you love me your spirit is with me and I stand here and I worship you come on we hope you enjoyed this podcast from life if you have questions or want to contact someone about this message visit lifenz.org